Hey guys, welcome back to Be Uncommon. I hope you're killing your Monday if you're listening to this live. Today's conversation is with the one and only Victoria Lario. She's a CEO, podcast host, and a coach. And I know that so many of you are going to get so much value from this episode. I'm so excited to hear your thoughts. So if you love the episode, don't forget to share on social and tag King Collective and Vic. Let's dive in. I cannot wait to dive into all the things. If you guys do not know Vic, she is the host of For the Girls podcast, which is just an incredible podcast, all things for the girls. She's the CEO of Vix and the Label, her newest venture, which we're going to dive all the way into. And she's a confidence coach and mentor. So she's got a lot of facets and we're going to dive into all of that. But Vic, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited. This is, this is great. I'm, I can't wait for this. I love it. Okay. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we kind of dive into everything. What do you want people to know about you? Who is Vic? Where are you from? All of that. <sighs> Love that you asked where I'm from. I normally don't lead with that, but I feel like being from New York is such a big part of who I am. And I feel like, it, you know, my, my realness and maybe even a little bit of my impatience comes from the fact that I am from New York. So um, I'm from New York. However, I've, you know, I lived in Florida for a few years. Now I live in Jersey. So not that I've been all over, but I have done, you know, a bit and I've experienced a lot and it's taught me a lot. And I feel like each place I've lived, I've started new ventures. You know, I started the social media world in New York and then I went to Florida and then I started my podcast and then I started getting into lingerie and that's when I started, you know, producing Vixen. And now I moved, you know, back to Jersey and I'm kind of like more in my roots and, you know, I'm closer to my family and I'm really focusing a lot on the confidence coaching. So like you said, I do have a lot of facets, but everything that I do is primarily through helping people build confidence, build self-esteem, um, be more unapologetic with who they are, own who they are, raise their standards. Like that's like my brand. I feel through anything, through my content, through my coaching and through my new brand. It's really all just about like, you know, raising the bar. Yeah. And it all works together. It all makes total sense when you explain it like that, you know, when you look at a podcast versus social media versus confidence coaching versus lingerie, you might ask like, how do these things all work together? But it totally makes sense of just raising the confidence level, raising, you know, stepping into your true self. And I think you are such, you know, a good example of being true to yourself and being obviously confident. If you're coaching other people, how to be confident, um, what do you think is the main driver in you becoming an entrepreneur of multiple brands? Do you think that has a lot to do with it, you know, or maybe was it your upbringing? Is there something that specifically kind of pushed you towards the entrepreneurship route? So just to give you a little backstory on who is Victoria Alario as a child? Because we're all our inner child, right? So just to give you a backstory, my grandpa loves to remind me, like even down to yesterday, we were on FaceTime and he said it again. He says this at least once a week. He loves to remind me that when I was 10 years old, I told him I want to be a CEO or I'm going to be a CEO. He says it no joke all the time. And I personally don't specifically remember the conversation of when it happened or how it happened, but he says, I told him I want to be a CEO when he asked me, like, what is that? What what does a C what is a CEO to you? What does that even mean? I didn't know. I didn't know what a CEO stood for, but I knew that it meant that you're like really important. 
that you have a business. And like, I saw them in movies, like these powerful CEOs. And I just wanted to be that I can, let's go even further back. Even before I was 10 years old, I can think back to when I was in the first grade, my entrepreneurship journey begins at Michael's, the craft store. When I was young, I would go to Michael's and I would buy construction paper and, um, well, my, my mother would buy me construction paper and markers. And then I would go to school and I would draw people's names in bubble letter and sell them it for 50 cents. So I could buy a hot pretzel on Wednesdays. We had hot pretzel Wednesday. So if you wanted your name in like bubble letters on a certain color construction paper with certain color ink and with certain dots or stripes in, in there, please, my price went up. I got more customized. And then even as I'm older, you know, in like, the fifth grade or the sixth grade. Then again, right back to Michael's, I was buying every color of string you could possibly buy. And then I would take it to school and I would make people bracelets and I would sell them bracelets for a dollar. Like my entrepreneurship experience literally began from me being a child. Like even if I didn't understand that I was a bit like being a business, I was, I always had that spirit. So needless to say, like, I think that I always had that driving factor within myself, but I will also say that I always had encouragement. Like my mom, you know, my mom would be the one to take me to Michael's and get the things that I need to do these things. And then as I got older and started blogging, my mom would be the one to come with me into the city with a pop-up tent. And I would literally change on the streets of Manhattan in a tent, my mom wheeling my suitcase and holding the tent closed. I'm in the tent getting dressed. My mom is taking my photos because people were always like, who takes your pictures? My mom. So having her to like also support me, like literally the whole way through, I think just really let me, let me experience things and let me see like what's possible. And so, yeah, I think that like, it's always been within me, but then having that support was definitely like a driving factor. You know, of course I'll get more into my adulthood, um, as we go through these questions, but I feel like that backstory there is just embodies, you know, who I, who I always was. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I love that. It's, it's just always been a part of you. And I think that, for a lot of people, that's kind of their story is like, I didn't know I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I didn't know I wanted to own a business, but I, looking back, it totally makes sense of looking at my personality and what I've done and what I've been through. I've always had that kind of leadership aspect or that innovative, you know, quality within me. And so I want to talk about kind of your route to actually building brands. I mean, the bubble letters, you know, could have totally (laughs) been a brand, but you know, you obviously now you're owner of multiple businesses. And so talk about, you know, did you go to college? Um, Obviously you had multiple jobs leading you up to where you are in your life right now. You know, what ultimately led you to starting your coaching business, starting Vixen? Yeah. So I've always been a hard worker in general. I mean, I've worked since I was 13 years old. I had jobs my whole entire life. Um, And even though I always had an entrepreneurial spirit, as life becomes real and as we get older, I followed the traditional route. And I went to college. Yes, I studied PR and I got my degree and I did all the internships. I mean, I worked for free for years, you know? So even though that's a job, it's still like, 
it adds to your like work ethic, you know, and like it adds to your ability, like working for free to go to my internships by day. And then I was waitressing by night so I could actually make money, you know? So I've always worked and I did have that traditional route. And because of the work I did, I did get my dream job on paper. And I definitely thought that the fashion PR world was going to be for me. I, you know, life becomes real, like I said, and I didn't have the money. I, I wouldn't think of myself as an entrepreneur. And I wouldn't think that starting a business would even be an option for me. Um, but while doing all these things and having the jobs and the internships and working that, you know, post-grad fashion PR job, I also did have my Instagram content and blogging hobby all going on on the side. So I had a, my Instagram, I was posting pictures every day. I had my blog called in fashion we trust. So then I was posting not only pictures, but also like typing out content because keep in mind, this is I started my stuff back in 2015. That hobby did that for years. Instagram didn't even come up what come out with stories and reels and lives until 2018. So for all those first few years, you have to have a blog to be able to actually provide more value. You know, um, so like I said, I did that for years, hustling, and then I was certain that to some degree I was going to make it in like, whether it be a fashion influencer sense or a blogger sense or just social media, I I knew I dedicated everything I could to, to social media. And I knew that even if I wasn't making money at the time, I was eventually. And so, yes, then eventually I got into network marketing 2018 that came around, which truly changed the game for me. And, you know, it did start to fulfill my dream of working full-time from social media because only three months into doing that, I was able to quit my full-time job. So quickly on to starting network marketing, I worked for myself full-time, became my own business, branded myself, and really just understood what a life of time freedom actually is because I was no longer conforming to that nine to six Monday to Friday lifestyle. So because I put my all into that and because of the, the success that I had started seeing and began to see over the years with network marketing, I was really to, you know, able to make social media my full-time job. And so I was able to create better content and I was able to um, produce even more content because I was able to put more time into it. And so that, like I said, I started in 2018 and in doing that by 2020, I got signed to my current agent. I do have an influencer talent manager, um, Samantha Zink, who found me through Instagram, like I said, in 2020. Um, They changed the game for me as far as making money through brand deals, because I really didn't know how to negotiate deals or how to even land the proper deals and what to agree with and what was worth my time and what wasn't. And so having that management for the past, you know, two and a half years now, again, changed the game for me. Um, And then in t- early 2021, I did begin my process of VIX and the label. And I did begin, um, you know, finding the people and investing the money and all of those things. And then later on in 2021 is when I began for the girls. I started my podcast and that's been, you know, amazing. And through that podcast, I really started truly helping people, Um, helping people build confidence, self-esteem, like I said, embrace their feminine energy and do their personal development. And so with that, I started doing confidence coaching as a side gig, quick, you know, one-time calls and little things in there, here and there, because in network marketing, I had been coaching people for years. So this was not new to me, but I was limited 
onto who I could coach because I can only work with people within the company or within my organization. But I also had a following outside of that. And I had listeners outside of that. And so I knew I could impact more people. And because my podcast was growing and my community was growing and I had all of these girls messaging me and wanting to work with me in that way, wanting to ask me questions, I began expanding my coaching. And so by this year, 2022, August, more specifically, I did take it on full time and I completely canceled doing like my one-time calls and here and there calls that just anyone could pop in and out. And I transformed it into being eight and 12 week private coaching programs, which I would say is probably the most fulfilling thing of my career so far. Um, I can't even explain how impactful that type of work is because I have my once a week, you know, I have my clients once a week for eight weeks or 12 weeks. And, and then we do like our accountability check-ins and then we do our calls and like, I give them homework and just the type of work that I'm doing with them and watching, I'm literally sitting on a zoom with them. So I'm watching them from week one, afraid to say anything at all to then say they're on week seven, like they're a new person. And they tell me the way that they communicated with someone who let them down, you know, now versus how they would have in the past, or they tell me the boundaries that they set around a situation, or they tell me about something that happened that they didn't even like get upset about that previously would have killed them and watching that transform. There's nothing like it, you know? And so that's been, you know, going on, like I said, full-time now since August. And then now this week in of October, um, you know, right now recording this is October 12th. So literally two days ago, Vixen finally went live and is officially a website, vixenthelabel.com. And in the past two days, I mean, it's, it's been insane. Uh, like the support, the orders, seeing it all come to life, seeing the website become real. Like I couldn't be happier with the results that I've had in the, you know, this past week. And I just know that I was made for this and it's not that I ever needed validation, but seeing this come to life gave me the validation that I didn't even know I needed because you do get impatient and you do get doubtful during a process that is nearly two years. It's October, 2022. I began investing into this in February, January or February of 2021 so yeah, like we're nearly at a two year mark and it's pretty damn easy to be like, what is taking so long? Is this even going to happen? Is this even all going to be worth it? And here I am now nearly two years later to tell you it is worth it. Um, it's, it's better that it took this long because if it would have happened six months ago, seven months ago, it wouldn't be perfect. And now I think it's perfect. And I'm just so happy. I know that was a lot, but that is truly my whole route. That's literally everything. Yeah, no, it's incredible. And I, and I want to dive into kind of each piece of that route, because I do think each piece plays such a huge role, you know, to the next piece. And I'm always someone that talks about, you know, walking through doors that are offered to you. And, you know, a lot of people are scared to do that. And I think that honestly, you having the confidence coaching is such an incredible way to help people even do just that. And I think that, every single door kind of leads to the next one. So I want to start with, you know, network marketing. I feel like you kind of started your entrepreneurship journey there in terms of actually making good income working for yourself. So what would you tell someone that's sitting here and they're like, I want to build a brand, you know, I want to build a business. I want to do something like Vix and the label. 
what would you tell someone wanting to do that that doesn't know where to start? Like, would you recommend network marketing as a starting point for someone like that? One billion percent. I believe not only would I recommend it, like if somebody just happened to ask, oh, what do you think about network marketing? But if somebody in general said, I want to start a business, how do you think I should start? I would suggest network marketing. I believe network marketing is the best starting point for entrepreneurs. I truly, truly wholeheartedly believe that. I mean, as far as finances go, at least speaking for my company in network marketing and with the experience I've had in network marketing, it's a zero risk investment. And entrepreneurship is a huge risk, especially if you're just starting out and you don't already have a ton of money or financial resources. You can absolutely go completely broke, completely bankrupt, but bankrupt, sorry, and in debt to start something from scratch by yourself. So network marketing, again, at least speaking for my experience in my company, costs what, a couple hundred dollars, $200, maybe $500. And with that, you get the entire business handed to you. And you're not going to go into debt over it, right? Like it's a one-time thing of, of a couple hundred bucks and and you could return it. Like you can literally return it if you don't want to do it. When in the world are you going to return a business? If I changed my mind on Vixen, I would be out tens of thousands of dollars That's it, period. There's no other way around it. There's no return policy. Um, And like I said, you get an entire business given to you with that. You get the tools, you get the resources. I mean, you get literally everything that you possibly could hand it to you with a couple hundred bucks. And then when you start something like, say I started Vixen, not only is it every dollar you own out of your bank account to make it happen, but you don't get a mentor handed to you. You don't get resources handed to you. Those are more things you need to pay for. Those are separate investments that you need to make. And and keep in mind, I didn't even start Vixen. I didn't even scratch the surface and come up with the ideas of Vixen until I was three years into network marketing. Um, I mean, knowing the costs and knowing everything that it takes and knowing like how you even can begin a business like that, there was no way that I could have started Vixen with the quality of the pieces that I have and with the creative team that I was able to hire without a lot of money to do so. I would have had to compromise the quality of the pieces, the website, the creativity behind it, the photo shoot. I would have had to compromise everything if I wanted to do this with saving up money from a nine to six job. It wouldn't have been possible. So that couple hundred dollars I put into network marketing that financially changed my life and gave me financial freedom is the only reason why I was able to even do that. Um, this, this Vixen could have never been my starting point. It would have never happened like this. Um, and then as far as just the entrepreneurial side goes and just entrepreneurship in general, aside from the money you put into it, the mindset that it takes to be an entrepreneur, the mentorship that it takes to really learn the ins and outs, the knowledge that it really takes to discover what even having a business looks like and just everything else that comes along with being able to run a business, I learned all through network marketing. I would have never learned all of that by myself of just trying on clothes on the sidewalk to take pictures in the city. Like, yeah, sure. I was posting pictures on Instagram, but I wasn't impacting people's lives. I wasn't doing much else for anyone other than myself. Right. So I didn't really know what it meant to have a business. Um, And so the personal development alone that I learned through how to run a business and how to even just be a better version of myself is enough for me to say, 
yes, network marketing is worth it. Even if you didn't make a dollar. I talk a lot about the, the financial reward that I had through network marketing, and it's not common. We're, uh, we're literally on a podcast about being uncommon. It is not common, and it is not typical to have the financial success that I had through network marketing. Um, however, knowing what I know now and knowing the personal development that I, I've done as a result of joining network marketing alone is worth the couple hundred bucks that you put into it because, you know, we got to listen to Ed Milet, uh, and we get to listen to Tony Robbins. I mean, people spend $8,000 to go listen to Tony Robbins. We listen to Tony Robbins. We listen to the best of the best entrepreneurs in the world by a couple hundred dollar investment. And that personal development to come along with a, a what, $300 investment alone is enough for me to recommend it. Um, you know, we like to say network marketing is personal development with the paycheck attached to it. And that's because it's true. And you just won't get it until you do it. There are so many people who join network marketing from the outside, but they will never understand because they will never be on the inside. And what I mean when I say that, they might join, they might join, but they don't go all in. They go one foot in, one foot out. They might dip a little toe in and say, yeah, I did that. And it's a scam or it doesn't work or whatever. And then they say, no, it's not for me. What I mean when I say on the inside, I mean the people who really devote everything to it and reap as many benefits as they possibly can and open up their mind and are willing to fail and are willing to embarrass themselves and are willing to do the whole thing. Once you're one of those people, once you're all the way in, then you get why we say this is personal development with the paycheck attached to it. Um, I mean, even the, the private coaching situation that I do now, keep in mind, I took that on full time after four years of network marketing. Four years of coaching people, four years of learning myself and being coached, four years of trial and error, four years of failing and making mistakes, four years of learning right from wrong, four years of gaining success and winning. Like it wasn't until I had four years of experience under my belt that I felt I had the ability to charge what I'm charging now. Two, three years ago, I wouldn't be able to charge the prices that I have now because I wouldn't be of the value that I am at now. Um, I am able to do the work that I'm doing now because I have those four years under my belt. And I give so much of that growth and that credit to network marketing and what I've learned over four years in network marketing to be able to even think about starting coaching. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't even think about. If they're thinking about starting a business, they're thinking about the capital. They're thinking about the idea. They're thinking about who they need to hire, you know, starting their team. They're not thinking about who do I need to be, you know, in my mind in order to get through this, because I can tell you one thing, starting a business, your own brand from nothing is a zillion times harder than obviously starting any corporate job, but starting network marketing, like if, if you don't have the mindset to get through what you're going to have to get through building these brands, it's all going to crumble. And I think without network marketing background for you for four full years, I think that mindset and that personal development, like you were talking about, 
could honestly be a larger piece of the puzzle than even the business building that you learn. You know, you obviously learn sales, you learn marketing, you learn how to take care of customers, you know, customer service. But if you don't have the mindset to get through the ups and the downs, which there are a lot of in network marketing, you're not going to have the mindset to build a brand from scratch. Would you agree? A hundred percent. Like I couldn't have said that better myself. It really did give me so much perspective and so much knowledge that I wouldn't have. Like, I don't know if Vixen would exist ever if I didn't do network marketing or if confidence coaching would exist ever. You know, would I still just be in my fashion PR job? Like, what would I be doing? I really don't know because I don't think I would have ever started a business from complete scratch. I don't think I would have until having at least some level of business experience prior. And yes, network marketing was my level of business experience prior. And that's why all of the things that I do now exist at all. Absolutely. Okay. So all the things that you do, um, before we dive into the podcast and really focusing on Vixen, how do you balance everything? Or maybe you don't, you know, I think that's a huge question that a lot of people are going to have is, okay, you have, you know, all of these things going. Um, how the heck do you make sure they're all getting the attention that they deserve? I love this question. So we all know the statistic and the saying that the average millionaire has seven streams of income. Girls get this so wrong. People get this so mixed up and they think that it means seven streams of income will make you a million dollars. And that is not true. (laughs) That is not true at all. Um, Become a millionaire at one thing, become an expert at one thing, and then you invest and expand. Look into this. This is, I'm telling you the absolute truth, guys. It's not that the average millionaire had seven jobs or seven businesses that made them a million dollars. It's that the average millionaire became a millionaire and then ventured out and started other projects and then, you know, had other businesses and so on and so forth. And I didn't exactly make to the T $1 million specifically. Um, but I got damn close to it before I ever started doing anything else. I got very damn close to my first million dollars before I even thought about putting time and effort into and and money, especially into other things. So once I really made, you know, good money, and like I said, a decent amount, nearly my first million, that's when I said, okay, I can run some things on autopilot mode now. Because, you know, that's the beauty of network marketing. If you become an expert in it and you build it big enough and wide enough and you do it right and you make the income, you're able to let that be more residual income. And you're able to put a little bit of that on autopilot mode. Now, nobody hear me and, and get this wrong, meaning like, If you just started your network marketing business and you have three people on your team, now you could just sit back and chill out. I'm talking thousands of people. I'm talking thousands of clients. I'm talking to the point where you have people who have been using your product for years. So even if you're not really actively posting it every day, they can still log into their account and place their orders. I'm talking your business is still moving and grooving, is still going on autopilot mode, and you are still able to make residual income. Not many people are in that position. So if you're not in that position, then that advice 
doesn't necessarily apply to you. However, it's the reality of how I balance things. So because I'm able to do that, I am able to put my attention and focus into like Vixen, for example, how this week, especially I'm launching Vixen. If I was in the process of still building my network marketing business and still trying to, you know, get even people to work with me or want to try my product this week, I don't know what I would do with myself this week. It wouldn't work. It would not work. Um, so I think if you become that expert, like I said, in one area that you're able to put on autopilot for just a little bit of time and get that little bit of help of having residual income from that, then you are able to take on, you know, the other projects the way that I have and put your hundred percent into that because entrepreneurship is a scary balancing act. And if you think that you are going to become a millionaire doing seven things at once, you're not. Like you're very much wrong. You cannot give seven different things, what, 15% energy? Everything gets a little bit of your attention. Everything gets a little bit of your energy. You break up your day all day long with all these different things. No, you need to give one thing 100% of your energy, perfect it, and then move on to the next thing. And that's like even my confidence coaching, for example. Now, not that it's on autopilot because it does require my actual time to do the work, but in order to even get it set up in the first place, I had to create my programs, right? I had to, like I said, I have eight and 12 week programs. So now, thank God, I spent a little bit of time creating those programs. And yes, on a weekly basis, I talk to my girls for one hour at a time. And that's really that. But again, right now, while launching Vixen, if I was also figuring out what do I even want to say in my programs? I wouldn't be able to figure it out this week. I wouldn't be able to perfect my Vixen launch and perfect my eight or 12 week program at once. And every single thing just requires, you know, doing that for that work on the forefront first, get it done, get it out of the way, and then you move on. I can't, you can't launch all things at once. So I think I balance it based on that of just like being able to get my things done that need to get done. And then, you know, shift my energy to the next thing that requires full-time attention. Yeah. And it's almost less of a balance and more of just a shifting the priority. What needs priority right now? And I think it's, it's important and it's really cool to hear you talk about, you know, it was network marketing for four years Mm -hmm. before you shifted. And then, you know, maybe for your coaching business, maybe that took a few months or something to set up and kind of get in stone. And then of course, Vixen's taken, you know, now almost two years to get to the point to actually even launching it. Um, And who knows, you know, how long it's going to take to really focus in on that and get it to a point where, you know, maybe you start the next thing. I think it's, it's interesting for people to hear everything's going to take a different amount of time. If you're launching, you know, a virtual course, you know, that might take a week to set up or, you know, a month to set up. And if you're building a network marketing business, it's going to take years to get to that point, you know, and every timeline is going to be different. But like you said, it's not about starting everything at once and being really good at everything at once, because if you try to do that, it's probably all going to crash and burn. It really is about timing and it's about focusing in on, on, you know, how long it's going to take and kind of probably losing that timeline too, of, you know what, I need to focus on this to build it to a point where then I can start that. You can have all your dreams at the same time, but you have to do it in a sequence that makes sense. And that works. And that allows you to prioritize different things at different times so that you can build many things at once. And that's okay. Like people, people, I find 
guilt trip you or question what you're doing when actually you just wrote to my story the other day when I posted something I'll explain but they they like to be like oh you're not doing this anymore you're not doing that anymore and it's like girl everything is about the bigger picture everything is about my true deep you know dreams and desires and visions and things I want to do like you know what I'm referring to when I say that Aspen wrote the other day I had posted on my story and I said I am doing everything I said I was going to do for the past seven years. If you are confused or if you are questioning what I'm doing, then you are just you just haven't been paying enough attention. Like it's that simple. Don't question me. You just weren't paying attention. I started my social media career in 2015 for free that I can't name anyone else. I cannot name one person who would have done that for three years for free for free. 2015, 2018 was the very first time I made a dollar on Instagram. I did not make $1 through social media until three years into building something. And I think if that tells you anything, it tells you that I've always had a bigger picture. I've always known I'm building a brand. I'm becoming bigger than, you know, this just like little thing of fashion PR and whatever, I'm going to build a, my own personal brand and you're going to watch it unfold right in front of your face. No one does that for fun. Like that's not, you know, I was waking up at 5 AM to get to the Brooklyn bridge for sunrise to shoot pictures like the influencers were doing. Like who does that for free for fun? Nobody. It was clearly all part of my bigger vision and bigger picture. So when you see me now doing certain things and not seeing me doing things as much, like it's not a matter of like, oh, you started this and you started that girl chill. It's all, this is all good. It's all part of me and who I am and what I've just simply always known I was going to do. Yeah. And it's all just stepping stones towards the bigger picture and and ultimately the plan. Mm -hmm. And I think that everything that you've done, like we said at the beginning, just makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so I want to talk about the podcast for the girls, because it is something that covers a broad array of topics that women are looking for. I mean, from mindset to confidence, coaching, to dating stories, to, I mean, everything in between. So, you know, you have your podcast, you obviously have your coaching business, which we talked a little bit about. We'll talk a little bit more about, but have you always been someone that people come to for advice? Um, yes, I have never been the one to seek advice. I've always certainly been the one to give advice. I tend to see the world in black and white, which so many people argue with me on TikTok about, oh, not everything is so black and white. There's so many gray areas. And to me, no gray areas make things blurry. I have a lot of clarity on things. I am a huge realist. I see the reality of things and situations, whereas most people tend to romanticize certain situations. And most people, yeah, do see the world with that gray area, which means they have a very blurry vision of how something really is or how something really was. And I'm just usually the one to, I would say, give people that wake up call. I mean, like, starting my podcast just made sense because I knew that if I could share my perspective on things that 
everybody goes through, whether it be dating, relationships, friendships, business, money mindset, um, you know, solo singleness, like all the different things that I could possibly talk about. If you listen to my podcast, you'll know, I talk about freaking everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew that I could instill confidence in people and reality in people and, you know, bring people to a place of, I think like just acceptance, acceptance of who you are, acceptance of letting things go. And also not only just like accepting who you are and letting things go, but owning who you are and owning the situations. Like for an example, I have a podcast episode that's titled like your worst experiences, build your best qualities or something like that. Your best qualities come from your worst experiences, whatever it is. And that's just all about like, it's okay that you might have made mistakes or went through situations that you had resentment toward release that resentment because at the end of the day, like those things that you went through, those mistakes that you made, made you the version that you are today. And so, like I said, you know, I went through four years of trial and error and all these things. And, you know, I've done things that I've been, I've been the victim or they've been the victim. I've been the the bad guy in their story. And, you know, there, there's all different things, right. That I'm like, I could have done different. I could have done better. I wish I could change that. But I think part of being the most confident version of myself and helping other people become the most confident version of themselves is saying like, you need to forgive yourself. You need to accept yourself and you need to love yourself even in your most wounded, toxic versions of you, because it's the only reason why you were able to grow. So I think I just bring people to a grounded state of like, it's okay. I can be confident and unapologetically myself and own and accept that. Yeah. I fuck up sometimes too. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you can take a lot of the advice you've given friends along the way or whatever, and you can kind of implement that into these podcast episodes, even into your coaching, you know? Um, and then, you know, you have the podcast. Do you feel like that was a natural progression into coaching? Yeah. You know, obviously I am a little more generic on the podcast because I'm talking to everybody at once, you know? So I, I give my advice, but there's so many more layers to it, right? We're like an onion. You got to peel back the layers. There's just so much more to it. So I think I get to give this, like the forefront of the advice, the general sense, that's just enough to help people through their certain situations. But then with my private people, I just get to dig a lot deeper and really get beneath the surface if they want to, you know, work privately through that. Absolutely. Um, so when did you decide that you wanted to go into that one-on-one coaching? So like I said, I did, I did know I wanted to do it as a little thing. So I, I started to offer those one-time calls because people were always in my DMS. People were always asking for help. And I love to help people. I have a healing aura. You know, one of my favorite compliments that I get all the time is when people tell me two, I'll actually name two compliments. One is when people tell me that they really like my energy and that they just feel very safe and comfortable in my energy. And two is when, um, People say I'm very easy to talk to and because of my healing energy and because of my open communication and the fact that I'm, you know, able to really communicate with people, I was doing it so much and helping people so much. And I was giving so much of that away for free, but, you know, 
ultimately my time is really valuable and I know the value of my time. And I know that the people who really want to come to me will pay for my time. So I did just have to start to take, you know, that, that leap and start, you know, charging. And that's why it eventually became, um, you know, like the more private programs that I came out with rather than the one-time calls, because, you know, I was just offering those one-time calls to whoever wanted it. And I don't think that the value was really fully there. And now it's like, you know, this is a full, a a full-time program. You're only going to take it if you see the value in it. Absolutely. And I feel like your TikTok specifically has really grown from you again, kind of giving away that free advice, allowing people to ask, you know, your opinions on things. Is that how you kind of knew that this coaching would be something that people needed and something that they would actually invest, you know, their money into? Yes. Um, Wow. TikTok. I can't believe that it's only been, what What are we in the 10th month of the year? It's only been like 10 months of being on TikTok. I started in January. Um, expanding my network on TikTok was the best thing that I could have done. And I can't believe that I wasn't doing it sooner. Um, I will say just in general, like as far as building my clientele, when it comes to coaching, I am confident, right? So my confidence played a big part in me knowing that people would be willing to invest into it and that people would want it because I do believe people need to hear what I have to say. And I do believe that I have so much value. And that's why I even got on TikTok, right? Because you're not going to get on TikTok and start talking to the camera about advice. If you don't believe that you give good advice, if you don't believe that you have value to give people, or if you don't believe that people would even listen to you, I know people will listen to me and I know people need to hear me. So through getting on TikTok. Now I have, of course, like I said, I expanded my network. I have new followers. I have new podcast listeners, new coaching clients, new Vixen customers, and most importantly, new friends. Cause I've made amazing new friends through TikTok too. But to focus on the, you know, building my coaching clientele, I think, yeah, because, you know, TikTok has the option to, there's like the little Q and A box. So in the beginning of me starting videos, I just had started a couple generic videos that blew up for whatever freaking reason, got hundreds of thousands of views on my first videos. And then from those videos, a lot of the girls were asking me questions in the Q and a box and, or sending their scenarios that they needed advice on. And so then most of my videos after my first couple that blew up, most of my videos were surrounded around giving people advice, you know, answering their scenarios and answering their questions. Um, And then when I would do that, you know, I would get the comments like, can I DM you to talk more about this? Or can I ask you more? Because you can only do a three minute video, right? So I like kind of get into it. And then I'm like, and I'm cut off. And then they're like, wait, I want more. Like, I need to know more. Um, And yeah, of course, I've had girls DM me like screenshots. And they're like, what should I say? And I, you know, I help girls all the time. But like, I can't, I just can't do it for free all the time. So I just knew I'm like, these people know my value. They're coming to me rather than coming to their friends. You know, I'm a complete stranger and they value my advice over every person that they personally know in their life. So yeah, I mean, listen, my, my private coaching is not cheap, but like I said, even earlier, because of my experience and because of what I know now. I'm not afraid to have the prices that I have. And I just know that the people who are meant for me will invest and the people who see the value will invest. Of course, I've had calls with girls who are like, 
uh, I'm 19. I can't, you know, do that right now. And they're like, but I'm going to start saving up and I'll work with you next year. And, you know, it's like, yeah, that, that's the truth. If you want to work with me and you want to see the value and you do see the value in me, then you will. And if you don't see that value in me and you don't want to pay those prices, then you're not meant for me. And I don't want you as a client anyway. So I'm not even worried about it. Yeah. And you give out so much free, you know, advice and everything. Anyway, there's always a place for someone, no matter a hundred percent. I mean, you don't know what to do. Go listen to my podcast. I probably have five episodes about it. So yeah, it's so true. I mean, I, someone, I just did a podcast episode where they asked me like, what's, you know, a couple words to describe yourself. And I used generous. And I said, not only do I love to give people gifts, cause I do love to give tangible gifts to people, but I go on, follow me on Instagram. I give so much to people for free. Like if anyone were to ever say that I am not a generous person, they don't know me because the amount of of advice and value that I just give away and whoever wants to hear it by all means, listen to it. Um, yeah, it's like what I love to do. That's totally my, my jam. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's finish up by shifting gears and really focus in on your newest brand Vixen the label. I think it's freaking incredible. And I was so excited just when you were hyping it up, getting ready to launch, like it really, really draws people in. I think it draws a lot of people in. And I think it goes back to kind of that confidence and everything that you stand for. So first of all, if they're not familiar with what Vixen the label is, give them a little bit of a background. What is it? So Vixen the Label is a really feminine women's clothing and lingerie brand. Um, Right now, we're only on collection one, obviously just launched two days ago. And collection one features six pieces. And what I love about these pieces, more specifically three of the six, which would be the bra, the corset, and the bodysuit, is that they're really a two-in-one because they're lingerie, but lingerie that I designed for you to also wear with outfits because I really created the brand with myself in mind, my own personal style, how I literally dress and how I've dressed my whole life. I've always been one to wear corsets and lace and silk and yeah, lingerie as clothing. Um, And so when I created these pieces, I knew that there was a demand for better quality and, you know, not such raunchy lingerie, like classy, minimal luxury lingerie. And do I think it'll always be lingerie? Maybe not because there are other pieces of clothing that I personally love to wear that I would love to just have as my own brand. Um, But for now, yeah, collection one is luxury, form-fitting, beautiful lingerie. And it's freaking incredible. Thank you. Um, I want to talk about kind of you coming up with the brand. I know that you said you've been working on it for now a couple of years. Mm -hmm. You said that obviously you've been wearing these types of pieces for a long time, which is I'm sure where the vision kind of came from. I really want to dive into the name, the concept, and just kind of where it all stemmed from. So yes, I've always been into that type of clothing and lingerie and lacy stuff. And I mean, the, uh, when I was introducing the launch and uh, introducing what it officially was, because I had been teasing Vixen, but I wasn't showing what the actual product was. I made a post on Instagram that day and in the carousel shows a picture of me from my sweet 16, a picture of me from my high school senior prom and a picture of me from my eighth grade prom and all of the dresses in those 
dresses that I wore are corset style lace dresses. So as I've gotten older, I've just embodied that even more. I've always had just a very feminine style as far as, you know, what I like to dress in. Um, And so, you know, I create content of my style, right? So I had been sharing a lot of photos um, and a photographer, aka also a creative director, Abby Hall had DM me. I was living in Miami at the time and she just DM me just to shoot content. She was like, I love your content. And, you know, I would love to give you a complimentary session, blah, 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 blah. And so we met up one day for lunch and, um, I told her, I really want to start shooting lingerie. And she said to me, well, what's, what's your like vision there? What's like your purpose there? And I said, I want to launch a brand. And, you know, when I told her I really would love to do like a lingerie brand, she, as the creative director that she is, this super talented creative director, she instantly like had the wheels turning and was like, oh, you could start working on this now. And I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. I don't even know who to find. I don't even know what to name it. Like, I, you know, I didn't know anything. And so whatever, we were just sitting there eating, drinking, and she went to the bathroom and she comes back from the bathroom and goes, why don't you name it Vixen? Like a Vixen V-I-X-E-N. But instead, because you want to make it really true to you, name it Vic, like Victoria and Sen, like sensual. So V-I-C-S-E-N. And so many people, when I say that to them about what Vixen is, because they don't even know, they're like, how do I pronounce it? I'm like, it's Vixen. It's just V-I-C for Victoria and S-E-N for Central. And they're like, yeah, mind blown. They're like, I did not even pick up on that. I didn't even realize that. I'm like, yeah, like, like a Vixen, like, like a sexy feminine woman. Um, It's so funny though, how she came up with the brand name Vixen, because I, so I love, you follow me on Instagram. So I'm sure you know that I love the OC, the show from like a bajillion years ago. And it's like a personality trait for me, like being like watch, being a watcher of the OC and anyone who's watched it, if you are an avid, you know, fan, like I am, then Summer Roberts, who was like one of the main girls, her, so she was with Seth Cohen and he made a, he's like a comic guy and he made a comic book about her called Little Miss Vixen. And oh I loved Little Miss Vixen and I loved Summer. And I always used to say like, oh, I'm like, I'm like Summer. I'm like Little Miss Vixen. And I said that all the time, but I never like, it just, you know, whatever, like, and like subconsciously, uh, you know, she's saying Vixen and whatever. Then like, as time goes on and I'm like rewatching the OC because I rewatch it every freaking year. I'm like, oh my God, Little Miss Vixen, like, like Vixen, the like I, it just, it manifested into like my real life. And I just think that's so freaking crazy because between having a love for lace and corsets to having a love for Little Miss Vixen and now having a brand Vixen, the label of lingerie, it's just like, what the hell is my life? I literally like, I'm like, I manifest whatever the hell I want. Um, And so, yeah, like that's really how it all, I guess, came to be. That's crazy. And it's crazy that she just goes to the bathroom and comes back with. Yeah. She had the wheels turning and she's like, how about that? Because I knew I wanted to be very personal to me. And like, even she had objected in a sense, me being in the photos in the beginning. And I'm like, no, I want to be in the photos um, because at least for collection one, because the brand is me, the brand is 
my style, what I love. And it's funny because someone actually had DM'd me, I think yesterday or the day before saying like, I love seeing you model your own clothes. Like, that's so cool. Like, I hope you keep doing it. And I wrote back to her and I'm like, listen, I'll never be the e-commerce model. Like, I'm never going to be the one on the website showing you the pieces because I don't even want my body to be your inspo. Like, I want you to see somebody else that just looks absolutely stunning in it. Um, And it's never going to be me as an e-com model. However, as far as like the lifestyle photos go and the Instagram photos go, yeah, that was going to be me. There was no way around that. And, you know, Abby's built a lot of businesses because she is a creative director. So a lot of people have hired her. So she does their shoots and their website and whatever. And not that she was like necessarily fully against it once I said why, but she just was like, no, you don't want to be in the pictures. Like, you know, you're the owner, you want to have models. And I was like, no, no, no. Vixen, the label collection one is is me. There's no one who will embody this better than me. And I have an absolutely stunning model who you'll see all over the Instagram, all over the website. She is my perfect little Miss Vixen. And, and then, yeah, I had to, I just, I had to incorporate myself in there. I'm like, there's no brand, there's no brand that will ever embody the founder more than my brand. Absolutely. No, I love that. And I want to talk, you were talking about collection one. I want to talk a little bit about kind of your idea with the structure is it always going to be limited drops like that. Is it always going to be broken out into collections? You know, are they always going to be the same pieces? Are you going to do it different every time? Once it's sold out, are they gone? What's your idea behind that? So all great questions that, you know, are still a work in progress. Um, one thing to know is like, okay, obviously I have to do collections at a time because who do you think? pays for all this, right? Like when girls are like asking questions, like, are you going to come out with more pieces? I'm like, yeah, when I make the money back off of collection one first, um, you know, I would have loved to come out with 10 pieces. I would have loved to come out with 20 pieces. I would even, even seven, I couldn't afford to do. That's the honest truth. I did what I could afford to do. I don't think I thank God right now that I didn't overdo it because I did want to come out with another couple pieces and knowing what it all ended up costing. I'm like, thank God that I stuck to just the few that I really, really needed. Everything else can come out in due time. Um, And so, yeah, I, as far as the collection, you know, I have my, my, I have a play suit. I have a bodysuit. I have a bra, a brief, those two go together. They're not sold together, but they go together. Um, and then I have a corset and a thong. And again, they're not sold together, but they go together. And those were like the vital pieces I knew I absolutely needed. And so that's what made up collection one. And then as far as the future collections go, I have so many ideas, different lingerie types that I certainly want to do different colors that I certainly want to bring out, um, different styles, more ready to wear. Like I would love to have dresses and blazers and pants because I'm always wearing dresses, blazers, and pants. Um, all neutrals, always minimal, always luxury. Like that will, that will definitely always be the vibe as far as restocking. I definitely can see a restock happening on these pieces because they are going so quickly. Um, I don't know when I think I personally, would prefer to have new pieces before a restock. I think I would rather change it up before I would come out with the same things again. Um, But I think for me, Vixen is not meant to just be a capsule collection that I want to sell out in a day. I want it to be a sustainable 
long lasting brand that people can shop all the time. A lot of influencers come out with capsule collections and they, they just sell a few pieces and then they leave it alone and then it sells out and then that's it. Um, and this is not meant to be a merch drop or an influencer brand. This is Vixen, the label. I want to be like a true lingerie and feminine clothing brand. And I want girls who don't even know who Victoria Alario is to be shopping it. I want people to, I want to see people buying it and wanting to shoot it because it matches their content. I want to see influencers and celebrities wearing it because it's luxury. I want to see the average girl wearing it because their friend had it on and it looked beautiful on them. Or I want to see girls saying, girls going up to other girls complimenting them who are wearing the corset or the bodysuit at the bra I want them to say where did you get that top I want I want you to see you know uh I want just girls to be I want it to be a household name like Vixen the label is a long-term sustainable business so my intention is not to just do like limited things that come and go like I would like things to last you know forever and I and I want Vixen to get to a point where um everyone knows the name because it's so crazy how little and few brands there are like it. We have the few main staple lingerie brands, but there's like three that everybody knows. Think about it. There's like such an abundance of room and so much space for a brand like Vixen to take, to take space and to take over. Um, And so I'm just very confident in what Vixen can be and the growth of the, and the magnitude that Vixen can have. And yeah, I want it to be totally sustainable and long-term, not just like quick little things. Absolutely. And I can't wait to see it be that. I can just picture it like in stores. Like I, I'm just so excited to see where it grows. And I'm so excited that, you know, I can watch it from a place of, Hey, you know, I can support her from kind of that inside perspective. It's just, it's cool to watch people in your circle do what they love to do and really go after those things that, you know, they've always wanted to go after. So my last question, um, before we kind of talk about where people can find you and everything is just what's next for Vixen. Do you have like huge visions for the brand? I know you just kind of talked about it, but do you have stores that you want to get into? Do you, are you like, no, I want to be by myself the whole time. You know, where, if you could say, you know, two, five, 10 years from now, like where is Vixen? Oh, I definitely want Vixen in specialty stores. I mean, even down to just stores that I personally like to shop, like Revolve, like I would love for that day to come. Um, And someone who inspires me with, as far as that goes specifically, um, her name is Bridget. She's an influencer and she came out the brand, The Bar. Are you familiar? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. The Bar, right. So The Bar is such a beautiful brand started by an influencer who's just so true to herself, so true to her style. She started with with her few pieces as well. And now, you know, she's in... um, revolve and she's on Ford and, um, you know, a couple of like the luxury specialty stores. And I I'm like, okay, if Bridget can do it, then so can I, and that's, you know, that's inspo right there. And of course I would love to be, you know, um, on like, uh, aside from, I would guess revolve and forward, you know, even Nordstrom, um, whatever sort of luxury specialty stores that people shop, their regular lingerie and feminine women clothing, I want them to be able to get Vixen at as well. So that would be, you know, down the line. Can I say two years? Uh, I don't fully know about that. I would love to, um, but I would say that's more of like a five-year plan. 
Amazing. I love it. And I, like I said, cannot wait to see it because I just know knowing you, like <laughs> it's not a, it's not an, if it's a when it's always a when, Oh Absolutely. my goodness. It is certainly not a matter of if I know. I, and even me saying, can it happen in two years? I don't know. That's even me being just humble because we all know in my head, I'm like, yes. of course I can fucking Duh. do that. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So Vixen's obviously been fully launched. Where can people purchase and how can people find you? You know, if they're looking to work with you as a coach, um, yeah. How can people find you? Okay. So me personally, uh, you'll find my Instagram and my TikTok at Victoria dot like a period, Alario, A-L-A-R-I-O. Um, and then you will find my podcast. At, it's just, you know, on Spotify, Apple, everywhere you go listen to podcasts. It is called For the Girls. And I also have an Instagram for that as well, which is just for the girls dot podcast. And then Vixen um, is on Instagram at Vixen the label. So V-I-C-S-E-N, the label, as well as just being VixenTheLabel.com. If you're listening to this right now and the link is not in my bio to inquire about coaching, just feel free to DM me. Uh, actually, even on my For the Girls Instagram, like the, the link in bio there, I always have my confidence coaching. So you'll find it on that or just like I said, DM me personally. Perfect. You guys, you will not regret connecting with Vic, even just following Vic on socials. I mean, she'll provide you so much value. And, you know, obviously we're all excited to continue to watch Vix and grow and everything. So thank you so much for being on. I know that this episode is going to be so incredible for so many people and we're just so freaking excited for you and all of your ventures. Yay. Thank you so much. And also like you totally inspire me, which is why I even reached out to you at all, because I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't turn in a paper that I wouldn't be proud to put my name on. Right. So I wouldn't, um, want to represent my brand or be on a podcast with someone that I wouldn't want to be associated with, or that I'm not fully, you know, inspired by. And you are, you know, you're amazing. You're a freaking badass. So I know that this was like all about me, but I had to just make sure that you know that too, because even just me wanting to, you know, be featured on beyond common, it just goes to show how much I value you as well. So thank you for all that you do too. I appreciate it so much. You are doing all of the uncommon things. So it's just <laughs> to have you on. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited for everyone to hear about this. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.